This is episode 12. You don't have to make any decisions. Hi, welcome back to Beyond the Walls podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Ramika. And I'm Kylie. We're excited to have you join our conversation about growing up together and learning how to overcome challenges. We will share from our own life and experiences in hope that it might inspire you to go beyond the walls in your way and create the life that you want. So grab your coffee or tea and come on in. So it does seem a little bit contrary to spend the last four episodes now talking or encouraging you guys to get decisive and then seemingly tear that all down in just one episode called You Don't Have to Make Any Decisions. But we're not saying not to make any decisions ever about anything. It's a phrase that actually came from Kylie. Yeah, so I think in the beginning times together, right? You're, you're so quick to make these absolutes, kind of those concrete walls. Yeah. When you hear any kind of feedback, you're just always ready at the drop of a hat to make everlasting, all circumstances, under all conditions, a decision. You coming in hot. <laughs> those alls yeah, and true. nevers, right? Like it was so <laughs> intense. I do remember early on too, I was always like, that was not a boundary. Mm. I did not just make a conclusion about life. Like no decisions should be made (laughs) because of what I just said to you. Mm -hmm. It's just, we're just having a conversation. Nothing has been decided. Yeah. Right. Does that sound familiar? Low level. Right. I mean, just kind of, we laugh about it now, but flashback to hash browns with Tim. Mm. I call him Patch, so I might slip up, but just know Tim is Patch. Yeah, my son. And he's nine. By he's the way. nine. Okay, so this is why it's kind of funny too. But this is just how I naturally default to wanting to jump to make decisions because what I'm really trying to do, like my, you know, my earlier life was very much gray like adults were very gray they really didn't make decisions and if they did it was kind of like is that the right decision or not so just confusing a confusing way to start life and so my response to that was i'm gonna always be decisive right if i hear something i'm gonna make a decision about what i hear if i see something i'm gonna make a decision about what i see if you know i say something i'm going to follow through on that decision so very like trying to create a black and white world because i really wanted to get away from this gray space what that did in this situation with patch was He had um, baseball practice. And at the time, um, we hadn't decided to start Beyond the Walls yet. So we were still trying to figure out how I live an hour away. And we still get the quality time. Like, how was I still going to get quality time with the kids and you? And uh, so we were going to his baseball practice. And you were making him a quick, like, snack 
um, before he went and he wanted hash browns. And if you haven't tried the Trader Joe's hash browns, they are top tier. They're so good. <laughs> but that was part of his snack. And so she put it in a Ziploc bag. We went to the game and Kylie and I were going to hang out while he was in practice. And then, you know, I would hang out a little bit after he got back with the kids and the family. And so he decides that he doesn't want the hash browns. Well, I made him two. Oh. Right? So he ate the one and he was like, was like, well, do you want your second one? He had the time. He's like, no, I'm actually full. I don't need the second hash brown. And okay. hash browns don't yeah. last either, mm -hmm. mind you. I mean, they don't have a long shelf life after they've cooled off and not yeah. fresh out of the oven. Yeah. So yeah, he eats this one. There's one still left in the car. He goes off to practice for an hour. <laughs> so in the course of us hanging out like she has the hash brown she's like do you want this hash brown you know like tim's not gonna eat it and i'm like yeah like i'm a little hungry you know so i eat the hash brown and sure enough tim gets out of practice gets straight into the van and what does he want but this hash brown <laughs> that he said he didn't want so immediately i just feel so bad like he had just gone out of practice like I'm like, he wanted the hash brown and I just ate his only hash brown. Like the last hash brown <laughs> is how I felt. And so I just felt so guilty. And he is nine. So he's having a hard time processing it himself. Like he had been going through practice thinking about this hash brown. And so when he got in the car, he was disappointed and like externally processing his disappointment without a filter and I already feel bad and so I am progressively just like shutting down like oh how could I have done this you know like I wasn't that hungry why did I eat the stupid hash brown and so we get all the way back to the house and you know he's kind of over it kind of not but you know he's willing to just let it go and go in the house I decide I, I don't want to come in. And what I don't tell either of them, but I make a decision about is I'm going to go buy him two packs mm -hmm. of hash browns. Mm -hmm. Like, I cannot recover, I cannot go to bed tonight until I get him these hash browns. So I drove to five different stores because Trader Joe's was all out of them. Then I went to the nearest Walmart. They were out of hash browns entirely. And so I went everywhere. I went into Target. Target didn't have hash browns. I was like, what's up? You know, like why are these places all out? I should have taken that as a sign that like, maybe you're being extreme here, you yeah. know, but it was not my, my sign was to go harder and look longer. So finally, five stores later, I find them, I buy two or three packs of hash browns and I drop them off. And, and it's late. It's late. It's like <laughs> close to 10 o'clock. I think you guys even saw me. Well, no. yeah, on our ring doorbell, we have, we're all, everybody's in bed. It's dark, it's late, and the ring alerts you when there's just motion at the front door, because you didn't ring or anything, because no. it was late. Yeah. And so we can see on the video camera, I'm like, that's where we should put something on the front porch. And I'm talking to Lee, and I'm like, oh my goodness. I was like, he's like, what's she doing? I was like, probably something unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had, you're not wrong, but I, had this thought, I was like, I don't know if I thought of the hash browns right away because we all 
also in the car. I mean, yes, Tim was nine. He was a little selfish of like, he was disappointed. We kind of moved on and we had a great time. And, but I didn't really think it, you know, stuck you to the core, to the degree that it had. But when you were there and I had this fleeting moment, I was like, mm, I bet she made a decision about something, something. She should not have crossed this line and now she has to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So I go downstairs and open the door and sure enough, there's hash browns. I go put them in the freezer and I don't know, did I text you right away or what did I even say to you? I don't remember. I mean. We definitely had a good laugh about it. Yeah. After you challenged what was going on, like you were like, what is the root? Where is this coming from? You know, yeah. like you knew where it was coming from too, but just helping me draw it out, which is what you're really good at. But I needed that yeah. because now we are able to laugh about it because I'm able to see it for what it is. Like now I can talk to you and talk you through like my process like oh i lived in a very gray world that left me feeling very unsafe and fearful and i just didn't know where people stood and i felt like that was an in or out and i never knew if i was in or out yeah. and so i'm just trying to make something very black and white if he thinks every time i get into this car i'm gonna eat his snacks i just debunked that i made that very black yeah <laughs> you I know will never. i will never take snacks from him again <laughs> i will never eat at your house you know like mm. it it like there's no line where it ends actually right because i made a decision in that moment the initial decision was i'm gonna go to every store until i find these hash browns and replace them for him yeah. and then the follow-up decision is he is never going to see me as somebody who is going to take something from him mm -hmm. and so in every situation with him which is going to be difficult but i'm always loft energy up to the challenge yeah. right yeah. like in every decision i make i will always make the decision you know for to give more than I take from him. Yeah. And then the decisions that I make at your house. Well, when I'm at their house, like I'm going to ask whose food is this? If I have permission, if it was intended for me, if it's not, I'm not touching it with a 10 foot pole, yeah. you know, like I would rather starve. Yeah. <laughs> it just decisions get made so quickly in that space of assumptions and extremes yeah. and i think the encouragement here is to like really ask yourself why all the way until you get to the root okay so why do i need to go to five stores yeah. oh because i have to replace his hash browns why do i need to replace the hash browns because he was really upset about the hash browns why was he really upset about the hash browns? Because he's nine and, you know, he's having a hard time processing disappointment and it's not really about the hash browns. Yeah. <laughs> and, okay, so why am I struggling with the fact that he's processing through an uncomfortable emotion? Oh, because it means something about my value. Why does it mean something about my value? <laughs> So why am I having a hard time with him processing through a negative emotion? And finally, you get to the root of the actual problem, right? Because like we've gotten, we started surface level and the whys just get you closer and closer to the heart. Yeah. And the heart or what I'm trying to protect for me always goes back to the relationship. When people are processing through negative emotions, 
and I'm invested in some way, I am ultimately afraid that that's going to put me in a space where I am going to get rejected. And I so badly don't want to do anything that puts me at risk of being rejected in not just this situation, but in all situations. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm doing is I'm making these quick decisions, like decisions closer, the closer I can make a decision that is closer to the surface, farther away from my heart, right? If I can make a quick decision at buying, you know, more hash browns, then I will never have to get down to the decision about whether or not Patch still wants or loves me, Mm -hmm. right? That's what I'm really trying to avoid is Mm -hmm. that kind of conversation that I did something that ultimately is like the fine line for him. Mm -hmm. I am running away from and I'm trying to avoid being rejected and so my safest default I decided another decision is to make quick decisions about anything I can so I never have to get to that point I think also as we're thinking about it is because you made a decision protect the relationship at all cost and avoid rejection Mm -hmm. then all situations kind of get treated with the same level of intensity Mm -hmm. and it doesn't leave any um age appropriate (laughs) kind of (laughs) response or allowing for other people's immaturity or their certain you know like it doesn't leave any space for them to bring any of their weakness to the table Mm. it's always like immediately your fault and your problem to solve Mm. do you think is that true well i think that's for me there's just the safest place to be right like because at least then i know what it is I think when people don't make decisions or they're not decisive people or they have their own immaturity, like I do really struggle with that if it affects or involves me Mm -hmm. um, and they're expecting something out of me because I feel like my job is to bring some clarity to that situation. Um, I don't like chaos. I love stability. I fight for stability, but that's the thing with trauma. Um, What you're speaking to is like going back to an extreme. And I think that's what we do, right? Like if you have any kind of trauma, whatever your trigger is, and they can be multiple triggers or, um, you know, like it doesn't have to be just one thing that triggers you. But if your trauma gets triggered, you do make decisions going back to that space. I think it's secondary trauma is the term that I remember. Um, But ultimately, this is relatable to anybody in or outside of trauma. We all have trauma, no matter who you are. But if you can't relate to that, what I think we can relate to is trying to avoid. And this is the crux of the problem with avoidance. Anytime you're trying to avoid something and you're actively pursuing avoiding something, you are in that space making a decision 
And those decisions ultimately are not going to be the most objective Mm -hmm. or like helpful decision for you to make. If you try to go through it and you're going to do something head on, well, you're probably not likely going to do it perfectly and it's probably going to feel uncomfortable, but you're not actively avoiding something and making very quick decisions that don't need to be made. Mm -hmm. In that space, I am trying to answer a question that I never even asked, right? And it can involve a nine-year-old, but like, let's play that out in other situations, right? The question that I actually am asking at the heart of the issue, which I wouldn't necessarily ask him, it seems laughable now, right? But the question I actually wanted to ask is like, do you still love me? Am I still okay? And there's a way to make that age appropriate. And he would be able to hear that, right? I could I could ask for that from him, right? I'm so sorry I ate your hash brown. And I'm sorry that you're disappointed. I would be disappointed too. I totally thought I heard you say that you didn't want to eat the hash brown and you no longer wanted it, which is why I chose to. Is like, will you forgive me? And do you still love me? That's age appropriate. And it's actually asking the question that speaks to the heart of the issue that I am feeling conflicted about, right? That I'm actively trying to avoid. But I'm trying to answer a question on whether he still loves me by making a decision. And I've never asked him that question. And so the question has to come before the decisions is ultimately the point, Mm. right? Then I can actually deal with the fact of, oh, he said he doesn't forgive me and he won't forgive me and he won't love me unless I get him hash browns. Now, I I, I mean, if that's, he would never say that. (laughs) But if that's- a whole lot more problems if that was the case. (laughs) (laughs) But if that's what he said, okay, now I can make a decision that's actually grounded in some kind of truth, right? And I've actually gotten an answer to a question that I actually have asked. But the problem comes when we start making these false correlations, right? When we never even ask the question. Yeah. Well, and then we compound on them, right? So if you didn't ask the question, but you answered it for yourself, that this other person clearly either did reject you, is going to reject you, is tempted to reject you, right? Like you're pushing their limit Mm. on their tolerance of you, Mm -hmm. right? So then... Every future engagement, you're either closer to the rejection or you're farther from the rejection. Mm -hmm. And there's so much fear in that space, so much assumption, so much um, emotions that are not based on what's true. And it's such a trap that there's no end to it, right? Like I think you had said that earlier, like there's to no end, like how many stores could possibly be the end until you were like, I'm going to get hash browns. So whatever it takes, like, I'm going to see this through Yeah. on a, on a decision that you made single-handedly about what was important to him. Mm-hmm. Right. And you sacrificed all of these things. And I think that's where then, you know, with our previous series where we're talking about not being a victim and being held, because then you're like a martyr, right? Like, look at how I've sacrificed and I've proven myself to you to earn your love and to not be rejected. Mm-hmm. 
And how do we allow ourselves to just be secure in who we are and trust that other person to love us unconditionally? And even if they choose not to, or there is something that's happening, people do choose to reject us. Mm-hmm. How do we not let that mean everything about us mm-hmm. that nobody will ever accept us again? Mm-hmm. If this one person rejected me or they said something negative or I did something wrong in that relationship and therefore I'm doomed and I can never be in a relationship again. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the birth of stereotypes, mm-hmm. right? Like we make these broad generalizations and we can see so clearly in other areas, like secularly, we really try, and at least it's talked about in all of the diversity and inclusion initiatives, like get away from making broad generalizations, yeah. right? But you got to apply that same logic because it's sound, it's wise mm-hmm. that there's, and I think we've even talked about this in previous episodes of just like, try to get as far away from absolutes as possible because absolutes very rarely is there ever even a situation that exists where absolutes are true. There are absolutes, but the way that we try to apply them to every situation and everything for the most part, especially when you're dealing with people, absolutes really don't exist. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So getting away from that space and trying to push yourself to realize, okay, like I just need to stop in this moment and see what I'm doing. Like, and what I'm doing is I'm trying to make this broad generalization. I'm creating a stereotype yeah. and it's not fair to yourself or other people. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's definitely controlling to both parties, right? Like it puts you in a box where you can't change and grow. Mm-hmm. You can't be a different person then you're locked in to how this is how I have to show up and this is how I have to experience X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And it also puts them in a box. Yeah. You know, and thinking about that too, it's it's obvious when we see kids grow. You can see the change in the growth from two to three. Mm-hmm. It's so obvious and external, right? There's so many major changes. Yeah. It's not as easy to see change between a 23 and a 24-year-old. There's so many little changes that happen internally right our own mindsets change like we grow as individuals we Mm -hmm. have new experiences and i think how do we leave that space when we're not stuck in stereotypes it allows us the freedom to show up different even in the same relationship with the same people Mm -hmm. or we get to show up different at a new job we're not the same person at the old job that we had we're in a new job in a new environment we mm-hmm. moved to a new city mm-hmm. we started something new mm-hmm. so whether you're you've changed from something or you're still in the same relationship with someone both of you are growing and if we don't get stuck in stereotypes then we allow ourselves to see each other at the new level mm-hmm. and how we've changed and how we've grown it makes me think of um you know, several years back when Lee and I were in such a dark space, I had started to really change some kind of, one of the mindsets I had started changing. I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this one thing anymore that really drives you nuts. And I was like a new creation. I was like, I'm not going to do that anymore. (laughs) I was totally convicted and sold out. Yeah. But we got into an argument again, but he started talking to me as if I was that old person. Mm. And I was like, no, you can't. (laughs) Don't call me that anymore because I haven't done that in a long time. Mm. 
that was the old me and don't hold that against me. Like that's not me today. Yeah. And he was like, you're right. Okay. <laughs> Come back to <laughs> restart. <current>. Yeah. Restart. <laughs> current Kylie is X, Y, and Z. Hmm. And we can deal with the fear. He's fearful. I'm going to respond like I used to. Hmm. That's hmm. fine. You can be fearful that I'm going to let's acknowledge that. And then I can, reassure you that that's not going to happen. Yeah. Let me see my new experience, my new reaction mm -hmm. and not go in assuming I'm going to respond like old ways. Give me a chance to show up new. Yeah. And there's so much more freedom and safety and security in that kind of dynamic where you get to show up and be who you are today. And you get to see the other people, how they are today. Mm. There's more grace in that gray space. Yeah. Grace in the gray. Maybe that's our new catchphrase. Yeah, I like but that. I think when you grow up and it has to be, and it was never black and white, right? Like everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Like there is a time for things to be black and white, yeah. but there's also a time for things to be gray. I'm not pushing this narrative that everything just needs to be gray. I think there are very black and white things that are talked about in a very gray way. Yeah. And I think there's room for both. I think you have to have balance in all things, yeah. everything in moderation. And so that's no different in this concept, right? What I'm pushing is for balance, not extremes. I think where I like to live is being in a space where you have no right to have rejected me. Like I've done nothing worthy of rejection. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you're never going to find me doing something like going from store to store to get hash browns, but you will see me fight to the death to defend myself why something is not my fault, right? <laughs> Which causes real damage in a relationship that, that matters, right? And the closer you are to me, the more painful it is to go anywhere near that to, to, I don't even want to have to hear that you're rejecting me or not. I don't even, I don't even want to get to that level where I have to know if it's true or not, because it's possible I could be rejected. And there's certain people like, it doesn't matter if they reject me, I can be secure in who I am. But those people that are really cl the closer you are to me, mm. the scarier that answer is. Mm. And so I think in that balance that we're talking about, man, when we can just be secure in who we are and not be afraid to just entertain that question mm. or entertain it getting answered or being secure in whatever the answer is, mm. can we really just show up in a healthy way in a relationship and let other people respond the way that they need to in a relationship. Like then my husband can be responsible for himself and I can be responsible for myself. But I know that it causes damage in our relationship when I'm unwilling to take responsibility. Mm. And it's an interesting thought to be able to acknowledge that that's what's actually going on because it's just so easy to get caught up in the circumstances mm -hmm. and start blaming the environment and what exactly went down. Mm -hmm. And maybe the thing for each of us and for you guys listening is just to start recognizing 
when we start making these broad sweeping decisions or we start really kicking into our trauma response, Mm -hmm. why are we responding? Why are we reacting the way that we are? And take a moment to be able to just acknowledge like, oh, this is what's going on. Because I think that's actually a more healing space for me even to just to be able to say like, oh, that's what's really going on. To be able to lean into the humility to admit then when I'm, I've made a mistake and to trust and assume that the other people that are close to me, they're not so quick to just reject me, mm-hmm. right? When you give your hash brown example, like the thought that Tim would reject your entire being over such a small incident is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But how quickly do we respond to situations like that, that are small and minute, but we respond like it's the end of the world. And I think I, I can totally see where that shows up for me, that all these little things that don't really matter, like at the end of the day, if I'm instead of responding from it, well, it can't be my fault. Let me prove why. And replacing that to think like, oh, I'm just, am I going to be rejected right now? Yes or no? Then I can respond humbly. I can actually then ask the question when I need to, or I can respond humbly because I'm not really actually worried that they're rejecting me. I can then be humble and say, you're right. I failed. I did something wrong. I made a mistake. Let me show up in my weakness. And I think that's the key. Like you gotta, you have to go back all the way to the belief. And if we rewind your story, and that's what we all have to do, right? Like ask the why until you get down to the root. Because even as we were like tabling this, we were both shocked that it was the same root. Like we already know this about ourselves, like the (laughs) two of us that like anything we're struggling with, just look at the opposite approach, but go back to the same root. And so we were shocked that like you had the same root of a fear of rejection and that you were also trying to avoid rejection. Yeah. And it's not even the, the part that you even want to spend much time talking about. Like you were like, we could wrap this episode up in like 10 minutes, but we could spend like the bulk of this episode coaching you, you know? And it's just like so uncomfortable for you. But I think that's the key. Like you have to go back all the way to what is your belief? Because your belief is what you will default to if you're not aware and actively trying to just bring it to light everything has to come back to the surface you have to get it on the table get it out in the light so then you can actually deal with what it is yeah the belief if we're rewinding your story is that everybody at some point is going to like the the relationship is going to end yeah That's your belief. So it's also no surprise that that's what you are going to default to because when you're not fully aware and you don't acknowledge what's actually going on, you then subconsciously default to what your belief is. So you have to change the belief. Yeah. The belief that we both share in this situation is that at some point I am going to be rejected. Yeah. You try to fight to the death before the person you you don't want to give the person any ability to say that it was your fault. Yeah. And I will own it and take on responsibility that is not mine to take on. Yeah. 
so that they will just make an allowance. Yeah. We're both trying to beg for mercy, yeah. <laughs> right? Beg the person to stay with us. And I think that is all encompassing for all of us. So I think for, for you, you who's listening, and you immediately heard me start and you're like, yeah, I can't relate to that, right? Like, I think we've covered all grounds, Yeah. right? But the heart of the issue is that we have to get real with why we're making decisions, right? Like, what about my story or what about this point in my life? Did I buy into a certain belief and then because of that belief, started making sweeping decisions in these different areas of my life. Yeah. If you can go all the way back there, then that's what it does. It surfaces the issue, it brings it into the light. And now you can actually talk about a question that you've asked mm -hmm. and gotten the answer to, as opposed to an assumption you've made without asking any questions. If this episode speaks to you and this is where you got stuck, we want to work with you. We have exciting news. We have launched our website, which includes our first membership program. We are limiting the admission to 15 people, so don't wait. Be the first to get in. You will have access to live group coaching sessions two times a month. This is where you'll be given the opportunity to bring any questions you have either about the podcast, hangups you're having, or discuss other areas of your life where you're seeking more input. We'll also provide additional member-exclusive resources to help you identify and go beyond the walls in your own life. The bonus for the first 15 is that one, you get the lowest price with the maximum value as you will be given access to all future content and coaching that we add. Your monthly membership will never increase. We can't wait to work with you and meet you face to face. Till next time. Bye.